Hi, I'm Michael Sunoff, founder and CEO of HardToFindSeminars.com. For the last five years, I've interviewed the world's best business and marketing minds. Along the way, I've created a successful publishing business, all from home, from my two-car garage. When my first child was born, he was very sick, and it was then that I knew I had to have a business that I could operate from home. Now my challenge is to build the world's largest free resource for online downloadable MP3 audio business interviews. I knew I needed a site that contained strategies, solutions, and inside angles to help you live better, to save and make more money, to stay healthier, and to get more out of life. I've learned a lot in the last five years, and today I'm going to show you the skills you need to survive. So what I'm getting at, if you're going to sell something, I would really advise thinking about selling information. The best business in the world, the best thing to sell is to sell information. Hi, this is Michael Sinoff with HardToFindSeminars.com. Here's a recording with a lady, Sherida Allred. Sherida emailed me last night, and I'd like to take a second to read her email. It's that important to set the positioning of what this recording is going to be about. Dear Michael, I would like to lay out a quick scenario of my situation and then request your advice. A year ago this June, I paid $6,119 for a program called Auctions for Income to assist me in setting up a website. I had some computer Experience, but absolutely no savvy about building and marketing a website. I was assured this would be no problem. My coach walked me through the process with weekly one-half-hour sessions, and I spent hours upon hours learning by hit and miss how to build a website. The marketing portion of my purchase ended up being a complete joke. I had no sales for months. For that matter, I still haven't sold anything. When the second marketing coach came on board, he had me completely revise the website, taking it from several categories to one. I was offering kitchen and wine accessories. I now offer small kitchen appliances. Therefore, the marketing that had been done was useless. Long story short, after months of following their advice, my website has failed to produce any income. I believe mine is an age-old story, but the $6,000 was a big hit to me. To date, I have not had any sales. I've paid several hundred dollars through pay-per-clicks, through Overture, and Enhance. I have added my website feed to Froggle, and I'm currently working on understanding RSS and trying to add my products to Rapid Feeds. I hope this doesn't sound whiny. It's not meant to be. I'm not whining, but I'm frustrated, and I just don't know where to turn. I'm using dropshipping and feel comfortable with the dropshippers I have set up accounts with, but that could be my problem. Bottom line is, I have about $1,000 left. Do I seek out a website analyzer? Do I take some type of marketing course? Do I eat my losses, turn tail, and run? I want to make this work. I have two other product ideas I would like to develop a site for. I've become a doubting Thomas. I need some extra expert advice from someone that cares enough about those of us out here that are struggling to get ahead. I don't mind paying, but I want my money to go towards true assistance for me, not just to line someone else's pockets that could care less about my situation. You seem like an upfront, honest man who sincerely cares about helping others make it in the business. I'm turning to you either for your personal assistance or your advice as to who or what I need. I'm waiting for your CD-ROM from hardtofindseminars.com to come in the mail. If you think it will 
will help me attain my goals, that would be grateful. I feel I am greatly inadequate at marketing and writing descriptions, choosing keywords, etc. Perhaps my pricing needs a finer tune, or perhaps nothing will make a difference because there is just too much competition out there. I'm open to anything, even if you advise that I need to cut my losses. My website is sassykitchen.com. If you can help me, I would greatly appreciate it. If not, I understand you're a busy person, but I had to ask. Thank you, Sherida Alden. Well, I got this email last night, and I just felt sorry for the lady, and I emailed her instantly and told her I'd be willing to give her my best advice and that she wouldn't have to pay for it, and I could do it that night. She didn't get back with me, but we did schedule a time today to talk, and this is an hour consultation with her, going over her problems, her market, her profits, her marketing, and everything else. So in the next hour, you're going to hear some extremely valuable advice that I would tell to anyone who's in a situation like Sherida. So enjoy. How are you doing? Sherida, I got your email last night. Oh, thanks so much for calling me. You're doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing very good, very good. And I read your email, and do you have some time to talk now? I do. Well, I read your story there, and I shake my head. It's a sad story, you know? Well, I didn't mean it to sound like I was really <laughs> complaining. I just kind of wanted to lay it out for you. No, you're frustrated. I am. A year ago, this June, you paid $6,119 for a program, Auctions for Income. Tell me about that. Well, it was this uh, program that offered marketing and offered to teach me how to build a website because I had had a little computer experience at work and I had a computer of my own. And it offered an autoresponder express and something called links for trade and then tax advantage and then the U-Site Builder itself. Uh, where did you hear about that? I just went on the Internet and put into the MSN search engine making money at home and just started there okay. and went through it. I went into auctions for income and ordered some books from them. Mm-hmm. And they contacted me one day. Was it $6,000 all up front or paid over time or what? I paid it all up front. All right. And so what did you get for that? You got 30 minutes of coaching a week for how many weeks? For six weeks. I ended up having more coaching later on because from the original coaching that I had, my website just wasn't working. All right. Did they sound knowledgeable like they knew what they were talking about? Well, you know what? The first guy was a great guy, just really nice. But, you know, he sounded knowledgeable to me. In retrospect, I can go back and think, well, you know, I think maybe he was a newcomer to doing what he was doing also. But I didn't know the questions to ask. Right. Because I didn't have the information to know what I needed to know. Okay. And so I would say, looking back, that I can think of a lot of incidences where he just couldn't answer my questions. They do have a hotline that you can call. Were they receptive to your calls? Yeah, they were. They, they were receptive to my calls. And they would have me talk to somebody else, but the gentleman that I got a hold of, like, I never did speak to a female, but the gentleman that I got a hold of couldn't answer my questions. He would have me talk to someone else. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew the right questions to ask. When the second coach came on board, he had me completely revise my site. And the, the original gentleman told me, oh, your site looks great, or unless maybe they have two different approaches. I don't know. Well, I've looked at your site, and it doesn't look great. It looks terrible. Good. <laughs> okay. So I think they were both wrong. Good. Well, something's wrong. Okay. Tell me about this business of yours. Did you start out selling on eBay, or how did this whole idea begin? I wanted to find something that I could do from home. I worked two jobs. 
I just wanted to find something where I just didn't have to work so much. What are your regular jobs? My daughter and her husband own two restaurants. One is a cafe and I manage it. The other one is a large restaurant and they have a huge salad bar and I do all the prep for the salad bar early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then we do catering also and I'm basically the caterer. And I work a lot. I'd like to be at home. I felt like it needed to be something that I knew something about, that I liked, that I was passionate about. So I made myself a list, and what I like to do is be in the kitchen and cook, and I like to travel. So I had to just pick something out. So you chose kitchen appliances? I originally chose kitchen and wine accessories, and I had many, many product pages with a lot of things on each one. The second coach that I had said that that just would not work, that I needed to refine it down to just one thing. Right. Okay. That's where I chose the kitchen appliances, kitchen and coffee appliances, small appliances. What else are you passionate about besides that? Any expertise over your life experience that you're really good at, that you enjoy? Well, I'm an organizer. You're a good organizer? Yeah, I like to... Yeah, like what? Oh, just family functions. I like putting together all the different aspects of it. Event planning? Yes, event planning. Are you good at that? I am good at that. I like doing stuff like that. When I do the catering for um, Pole Station, which is where I work, I like organizing all that and going through and deciding on the menus and putting it all into perspective and the pricing and doing those kinds of things. Have you done that a lot? I have done it a lot over the years. Originally, I did it for a different restaurant, one that my family owns. Are the restaurants your family owns successful? Yes. Very? I live in a small mountain town, kind of a resort town called McCall, Idaho. Okay. And one restaurant that they own is probably close to the biggest restaurant in this town. So what's it called? The most successful, Pole Station Pizza and Pasta. And then there's a big ice rink in this town, and they took on the second one, which is a cafe, a couple years ago, and it's in the ice rink. What do you think makes that restaurant successful? Is it the location only, or is there other things about it that has made it successful over the years? I think my son-in-law is a very good businessman. He's got the knack. In what way is he good? He's good at picking his product. He keeps his prices right to keep people coming in. Does he love the business? He loves the business. It's a family-style restaurant, and in this community, you hardly go anywhere without your children. (laughs) It's just one of those communities that's like that, and so it's a place where the kids can come, and it's not where you'd want to go for an elegant evening. And they serve, what, pizza and salad and... Um, they do all kinds of pasta dishes. They have specials every night. They have a very large salad bar, which is really very popular. Okay. I make the soup for both places. They homemade? Homemade soup. So your soups are homemade? My soups are homemade, and they're very good. How many different soups do you have? Oh, I probably have uh, about 20. 20 different soups? All the time. Really? Yeah. What's the most popular soup, or do you just have a soup of the day? Probably baked potato soup is the most popular at both restaurants. I make different ones. Pole Station, I make more general ham and beans, homemade chicken and noodles. Then the next most popular would probably be what I call Chili Jack. What's Chili Jack? Chili Jack is a cream soup that's actually made out of pureed potatoes, and it's got chopped green chilies and salsa verde in it. Is that your own recipe? Uh-huh. Where did it come from? I just started putting it together one day. I like hot and spicy things. And How long ago? I started making it probably about 14 months ago. Okay. A little over a year ago. All right. I started making it for the ice rink mm-hmm. because I made smaller quantities of it at first, and we don't sell as much soup over there as Toll Station does. All right. How much soup does Toll Station go through? 
during the summer, they're much busier than they are during the winter. And although you would think it was strange, the soups go still during the summer very rapidly. They probably sell a gallon a day, maybe a gallon and a half. Sorry, so you've got the chili jack. Tell me some of the other soups. I do a chicken tortilla. Is that good? Uh-huh. I do a southwestern black bean and chicken. I make a seafood chowder, homemade chicken noodle. I actually have a list that is in my car. That's okay. Um, so you've got all these gourmet soups. Now, are these better tasting than what you get out of Campbell's, out of the can? I think so. They're very popular. As a matter of fact, they're thinking about selling the ice rink cafe. Yeah. And that's one of the big things that people are saying all the time. Oh, no, is your mom going to still make the soup? <laughs> So how long have you been making the soups fresh? I've been making the soups fresh for toll stations for several years, but I've really developed more soups over the last two years for the ice rink cafe. Because at toll stations, they had another girl that liked to make soups, and they would buy them sometimes. And it's only been within about the last year and a half that I've just consistently made them every day for toll stations. And I've been making them for the ice rink for a couple years. Is it a lot of work? No. I mean, I like doing it. Do you have your recipes all written out? Some of them I do. <laughs> Some of them you kind of just eyeball it? Yeah. And all the vegetables and the things that go in there, are they fresh? Yeah. Is that important? You know, it is. And I think that having that restaurant to do that is nice <laughs> because they have all those things. And that's another way of making the soup is it has to basically they have to have the ingredients for me to be able to make them. He'll get me what I want, but I don't like to ask him to get me a whole lot of stuff. It works better for him and for me. It's, it's stuff that he would have on an ordinary basis anyhow. All right, that's interesting. And the reason I'm asking, I'm just trying to explore what you like, what you do, and trying to look for some expertise within your own life and what you're currently doing that could be turned into a, maybe a different product. Because the truth is, this website you have with blenders and stuff like that, mm-hmm. People don't need to go to a website to buy a blender or kitchen accessories because they're commodities. They're everywhere. I'll go to Costco. You could go on Amazon. You could search and find thousands of places that are selling the same product you have on your site. Well, you know, to be truthful with you, that was one of my biggest concerns as it developed. I just wasn't getting anybody. People were looking at my website but not purchasing anything. And that's what I kept thinking was I myself even went <laughs> to a different place and bought. Yeah, so you got to ask yourself, why is someone going to buy blenders and stuff from your site rather than going to Kmart? Yeah, that's exactly what I went to Shopko and bought something for my son-in-law. That's your problem. You were looking for something, and you fell in love with your product, but you didn't realize your product is a commodity. It's everywhere, and there's no compelling reason because you're selling a commodity based on price. Right. Does that make sense? It does, because I have lowered some of the prices down. If I use dropshipping, then I have to add that to what I'm buying it for. And when I go in and do price comparisons, sometimes I can't even go as low as the others are. Mm-hmm. I've actually lowered it down to where I wouldn't be making any money just because I was thinking, well, maybe if I just made a sale, it would start the ball rolling. No, so, it just doesn't work like that. I mean, if you're going to the other places buying equipment, why should anyone, whether they're on the Internet or anywhere, why should they buy from your website when they can go down the street and go to any save-on drugs and get a blender anywhere? So your product is all wrong. That website is all wrong. I would just scrap it. You can leave it up. You're not going to sell anything. It's just not going to happen. And if you sell it, what are you going to make on a $50 blender? How much profit? Probably about $2. $2. I know. You see this? You knew this all along. Well, I did. You but, know, but I kept thinking, I spent all this money. These guys would talk to me and just... 
be so gung-ho. They have their own website. The first guy didn't tell me what his was, but the second gentleman does more or less sell information. I went in and looked at it. He doesn't really sell a product. And that's what I just kept thinking. But, you know, after you have gone through that and spent all that money, actually, I doubt myself. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt my own ability. I it's not myself. your ability. I'm guessing myself. You were paying a consulting fee. They had this service here. Did anyone ever recommend you go to a different product and not do blenders and stuff? No. They just told me to pick one thing that I wanted out of all that I would want to sell out of all the other merchandise that I had put on the original. Well, they did you a real disservice, in my opinion, because if they knew anything about marketing or anything about business, they wouldn't have encouraged you to create and develop a website selling a commodity-type product. That's where they probably did you wrong. You know, I think I knew that. I just kept thinking, well, then when I started looking around, trying to figure out what I was doing wrong, it actually became more and more apparent because the website that I was on that I found you through did a lot of reviews on different like an auctions for income was one of them, and it had a very poor review. Oh, it did. Okay. It, it kind of said what you said that they just have had a lot of people unhappy. Oh, just scrap it. You're not going to make money in that. And okay. the thing is, no matter what, you've got to sell something with margins. Okay. And that guy told you he had an information product. The best business in the world, the best thing to sell is to sell information. It really is. Don't sell any products. It's information. And I'm not talking about books that you can get at a bookstore. It's selling how-to information, how to make gourmet soups right from your home. It could be anything. But the most important thing is you've got to research the market. You've got to find a hot market. You've got to find a group of people, a small niche. It could be restaurants in small town resort areas could be your market. Let's say around the country there's 5,000 restaurants who are in the same situation as your son. They're in a resort type area, small town and you could be, say, a kitchen soup consultant for restaurants in small resort town areas. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you could sell your expertise just like these guys sold you $6,000 worth of consulting. For $6,000, all they had to do was spend 30 minutes on the phone with you. For how long? Six weeks. Six weeks. Did they make some nice money from you? Oh, yeah. Did they have to screw around with a website or anything? What was their cost? The cost of getting you as a client in the telephone, right? Now, they provided you a poor product, in my opinion, but that doesn't mean you don't have to provide someone a poor product. You could provide consulting over the phone and provide them a great service, a great product. Mm -hmm. So the margins are there. All they had was a phone call that probably cost them three cents a minute in their knowledge, in their head. Look at the margins. You see there? That's an information product, whether it's consulting like that or coaching is very, very popular and very profitable, too. And you can provide great services. I do it all the time. So another type of information product would be taking that expertise that those people gave you. Let's say say I'm giving you expertise right now. I'm doing an audio recording. We're recording this conversation. Now, I've only talked to you once, but now I have a digital product, don't I? Once I do the editing, now I have a product, a coaching session on how to not get screwed by poor consulting coaching programs. Now, what does my digital product cost? It costs me a little time editing, but once it's done, it's done. And I can sell that over and over and over again to people who are in the same situation as you, who have been ripped off or who have been disappointed or who have had not much success in marketing online. Am I giving you some valuable insight and information? Yes. 
Do you think other people, if they had a sample of the information I gave you, do you think they may be willing to pay for this information? Yes. Do you think it could save them some money? Yes. So I'm giving you value, and now I'm developing a product at the same time, and I'm not wasting my time. I'm recording it, and I got your permission to record it. I may sell it down the road. It may be a collection on one of my interviews. You saw all the 117 hours of interviews? Right. Now, I've been doing this for years, so I collect all these recordings, and they are information products. Now, I have a digital recording. Let's say I had a person who called me later today, and they're interested in learning how to better their website, and they're selling another type of commodity product. And I say, well, I have a product for you. It's $100, and you're going to buy the audio recording of me consulting with someone who is in your exact same situation. And normally, I charge 375 or $500 an hour for this, and I sell it to them for $100. So I have a digital product that I can deliver to them on a CD, right? Mm -hmm. Now, how else can I increase the value of my information product? Taking the same product. Any ideas? I would guess typing it out. Bingo. That's right. Typing it out. Having the words that I'm telling you transcribed into a little booklet. So if we talk for an hour, I may have 64 pages. I have enough pages for a book, right? Yes. So now I can send that person the CD-ROM with the audio, and I can include a book with it. So now I have a CD and a book. Did it increase the value? Yes. Is it the same product? Yes. That's right. Now, how else could I increase the value of that same product? Any idea? Let's say I sat down and the same information, let's say I had it all transcribed, and I videotaped myself talking in front of the video camera, and let's say I created a videotape of the same information, but I was reading it or something. Uh-huh. or doing an overview of what we just explained in the audio recording. So now I have a CD with an audio recording. I've got the transcript, which is a book, and then I have now a videotape with it. So I've got three things. Does that increase the value? Yes. So now instead of selling it for 100 I may be able to sell it for 150 right? Right. So... Let's say I sell that to you. Now, if this product has helped you and this person who called me later who was in the same situation as you, they wanted to buy this because it was going to give them value and they liked what they heard, do you think they'd be interested in maybe listening to maybe another interview or another consulting session that I do with someone who was in their same situation? Yeah. So then I have another information product I can sell to them down the road. So I maybe ask them to sign up for a club or something where they get an audio report recording of people who have been in the same situation as you every month. And let's say they pay thirty nine ninety five a month for that recording. Is that a possibility to sell? Yeah. And if you add thirty nine ninety five times twelve months, let's just say for easy numbers, ten months it's three hundred ninety five dollars a year. And that's a good margin because we got no hard good. It's all information. It's all digital. It's all intellectual knowledge that has these huge markups except for the media that you put it on. I mean, to duplicate a CD, you can duplicate a CD for a dollar. You can duplicate a video for $2. And you can print out 64 pages for under $1.50 or $2 in your mailing costs. And if you learn how to do it online like I do, I can deliver all that stuff to you for free. And you can learn how to do that. And that's no big deal. So what I'm getting at, if you going to sell something, I would really advise thinking about selling information, like in the examples I've given you. How to information to fill a hungry market. Are you a collector of anything? Do you subscribe to any magazines, any type of specialty magazines? No, I collect romance novels. Okay. Do <laughs> you collect romance novels? Yes, yeah, just by certain authors that I like. Okay. Do you see other articles on these romance novels by authors? Like if someone came to you and offered you a collection of ten romance novels by these authors that you didn't have, would you buy them? Yes. 
without even a thought, right? Yes. You love this stuff, don't you? I do. Are you passionate about it? I do. Okay. Do you know that there are probably millions of people who are just like you, passionate about romance novels like that? Oh, no. See, I never think of stuff like this. What author is it? Several of them that I like. Okay, so you would gobble up anything you can get by them. Oh, yeah. Is there a lot of stuff out there that you don't have by them? Or is there hard-to-find novels that you don't have? Uh, probably not hard-to-find. Actually, the books that I don't have are, a lot of them would be ones that I've loaned to people that they don't return. But I do have hundreds of them. You do? Yeah, I have hundreds of them. Some of them I have probably 15 to 20 books by them. And it depends on how long they have kept writing. You don't know which ones you don't have, but what if someone said, look, I found ten romance novels here that are very old, very rare, you don't have them. What would you pay for something like that? How passionate are you about them that you'd pay good money for them? I would pay for them. I might even sell some of mine now that you've brought it up. Now, can you talk about this subject pretty good and intelligently about all the stories and stuff? That's the end of part one with this exclusive interview with Sherida Allred about how to create and develop your own information product. Please continue to part two. Did you know I do audio interviews? I bet you could tell by now that I do audio interviews with experts on marketing, advertising, direct mail, list management, you name it. My interviews can build the value of your information products. My interviews can enhance the sales of a website. My interviews can make you famous. If you want someone who has an intimate knowledge of the direct mail business and understands the questions to ask, understands how to dig out the scoop, understands how to produce, develop, and create a compelling audio product, you want to talk to me. I promise you, if you've got a product you're selling and you want to bring life and build value into it, please contact me.